0: Hey, you're listening to The Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. And I'm excited about what I want to share with you tonight. Just imagine that you texted me. You were like, hey, Morgan, I'm having like a little bit of a rough time. Can we meet meet up? And we met up at the Sellersburg Coffee Crossing because it's my favorite location. I live there. Well, not at Coffee Crossing, but I live in the Berg, you know, so that's my favorite Coffee Crossing and just pretend that me and you are sitting there having coffee and I'm encouraging you tonight. Can you guys like summon those vibes? Coffee shop vibes? I don't know if I, do high school guys ever go to like coffee shops inside? Okay. Okay. No for Sam, yes for the Browns. You guys, yeah? No. Okay. Mixture. <laughs> if you've never been, it's really cozy. You're just holding a hot beverage and we're just chatting cuz that's my heart tonight is to just really encourage you because We are coming out of a tough season, and you're probably already tired of hearing about it, which like me too, but isn't it weird that it feels like 2020 was two weeks ago? No one even knows what 2021 was. It seemed like it was like the same year as 2020, For me, 2019 feels like it was a decade ago. I saw pictures from something the other day, and I was like, man, that was so long ago. It wasn't. It was 2019, which was like just a couple of years ago, you know, and so collectively for our nation, for the world, for our church, it's just been a tough couple of years, and I'm not trying to be negative about things, but I want to acknowledge that tonight and encourage you. So if you still feel like you're like lingering in some of those tough times, then this is for you, and if things have been difficult for you in the last few years, this this is for you too, because I felt like things have been really difficult. And I know if I'm feeling that, you know, I think you're feeling that too. And there was just a lot of things in the last couple of years that caught me off guard, like stuff I never would have seen coming. You know, really sad things, super difficult things, um, just everything from people dying to families falling apart and just just a lot of, like, uncertainty. And it's been so easy just to feel really shaken, right, by everything around us. So if you felt like that, I want to talk to you tonight Because this is for you. We all experience difficult situations and seasons and events, but we've pretty much all experienced them together in the last couple of years, right? Nobody was exempt, and it's been difficult. But I want to talk to you tonight because I'm stirred up just about the fact that too many times... When people go through really difficult things, it results in them turning away from God just because they have some unanswered questions. And I'm saying this just out of things people have said to me in the last 6 months. And they're they're valid questions and they're good questions, but just things like why did this happen? Why did XYZ happen? You know, God could have stopped that, why didn't he? Or, you know, we believe that God does this, but it doesn't look like he did that, so what's going on? You know, and we were in faith, and people were praying, and some of these events still happened. And some of those have happened in my life, some of those have happened in your life, and these are difficult questions. And if you've asked these kinds of things, don't feel bad about it, because we've all thought and asked these kinds of things, right? What's going on? Why did this happen? And what I'm stirred to tell you tonight is just that, I don't have the answer for every question, I just don't. Some of those same questions I have, and I don't know the answer. But here's the conclusion I've come to, without God, I would still have those same questions and a whole lot more, right? Me walking away from God doesn't answer any questions in my life. It won't tell me why things happened, it won't explain why certain events occurred, but I know that with God, even though I have questions, I have hope. Even though I have questions, I can find strength. And even though I have questions, I can have joy and peace. And it's not a matter of just trying to ignore those questions and be like, well, don't worry about it, God is good. But the honest conversation we can have is just that I can't answer all of the questions to your wise. And you can't answer all the questions to mine either. And there are some things that we will just never know until we're in heaven. And I don't even know if we'll know then. That's God's business. <laughs> we won't care once we get there at that point. But my point is... I would rather have all my questions but have everything God can give me than to allow those questions to push me away from him and be left with nothing. The biggest thing that I know is even though we can face scary situations and things in life, there's nothing scarier than me trying to just do things on my own. It just doesn't work. Every situation doesn't work out the way that I want it to, but that doesn't mean that I lose my faith. God is still for me. He is still good. He is still helping me. He is still speaking to me. So even in the midst of my questions, I'll take God any day over the alternative. Because I may not have every answer, but I have everything that I need. I have peace. I can have comfort. I can get strength. Uh, You know, I'm just not alone. And isn't that like the conundrum of our generation a little bit? It's like, we all feel so alone. It's weird. You know, I have theories about like how all the digital stuff plays into that. But I talk to people more now than I ever have in my whole life just because we can, like, be in constant communication. That was It wasn't like that when I was 15 or 10 or whatever. You know, but at the same time, you can feel more alone than ever yeah. and more isolated than ever. So I am just so grateful that even when I don't have the answers, I'm not alone. And even when I don't have the answers, I'm not without hope because there's still hope in every situation. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight even with, with questions, I have God, and that's enough, even in the midst of those circumstances. So tonight's message is called, You're Going to Make It, because I want to tell you that no matter what you've gone through the last few years— I'm just here to tell you that you're going to make it and you're going to be okay and that God is good and your future is good and I'm not just saying this to hype you up but listen some people are so cynical that they're just like will you just stop saying that well no I'm not going to stop saying that because I'm not going to lose hope it does me no good just to talk about how hard things are even when they are and it's okay to talk to some people about that but I get a little annoyed about like some of that stuff that talks about like toxic positivity and I'm not just talking about like spewing things out, but when I have these truths from the word of God, I'm going to keep saying them because there's real hope in that. Like that hope rises in me and stirs in me and grows my faith. So it's not just a matter of hype or being positive, but these are real promises that we can take a look at tonight because you are going to be okay. Everybody say, I am going to make it. We're all going to make it. So I have five truths. Thank you, Emily. (laughs) That's usually me. (laughs) I keep repeating when they're not. Or like I struggle with repeating the same thing. You know, when people are like, repeat after me, and they're saying it, and you're still repeating it, and then they start to say the next thing, I can't like talk and listen at the same time. So half the time, I just get really quiet, because I'm not sure I'm repeating exactly what they told me to say. So anyways, great job repeating, Emily. Okay, but you guys can stop repeating now. I'm going to give to you tonight five truths that I believe are going to encourage you. And the first one is that God did not cause the painful things you went through. God did not cause the painful things you went through. And this is a truth that will make you okay with having questions. I don't have the answer to everything, but I'm okay with that because I know that God is good and I know he does nothing bad. And I know that he did not bring that situation into my life that was painful. And we see this in John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill And destroy. But my purpose, this is God speaking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. This is a super simple verse that answers a lot of questions. Whatever bad thing happened in your life, in your family, to your friend, at your school, it did not come from God. No matter what your grandma says, no matter what the news says, it didn't come from God. Now, I can't always answer the question of why did it come, why did it happen, I don't always know. The Bible says there is a cause when uh, you know bad things happen. I know that there's always a cause, and I don't mean there's like a reason, like God had a reason for it. But we just never know what's going on behind the scenes in people's lives. I do know that God has given us authority, right? I run my own life and I deal with the consequences of my decisions. So I know there's a cause for things that have happened in my life, but I know that that cause was not God. So I want to say to you tonight, don't blame God. The American 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 And if you've ever felt upset or angry at God, that's okay. A lot of people have. But those are those moments where you have to step into your own emotions in your mind and say, hold on, like, I know I feel angry right now, but I will not blame God because I know it's the devil who steals and kills and destroys, and I know it's God who gives me life. So if this thing was painful or hurtful or devastating or tragic, even though I might have a lot of emotions, I need to remind myself that was absolutely not God. And I don't need to blame him. I don't need to even ask a lot of questions. I just need to go to him for comfort and allow him to work in me and help me through that situation. And I love this in Joshua 24, 14 through 15. Joshua was dealing with the children of Israel, and they were kind of having these problems where they had gone through a lot of really hard things. If you read the verses prior to this, it's kind of like, we went through this, and we went through that, and we went through this, and we were slaves in Egypt, and then we were in the wilderness, and there was nothing to eat, and then there was, you know, just all these bad, difficult things had happened to them, and in the midst of that, they had become so frustrated that they were looking at the gods of other nations, like, considering, like, I don't know, is our God the true God? Like, I don't even know. how many bad things have happened to us. They were starting to get kind of off in their thinking about this. And Joshua had to step in and say, hey, in all those situations, do you not remember that it was God who brought you out of slavery? Do you not remember that it was God who fed you in the desert? Yes, you were in the desert, but you were fed. He had to point out to them God moved in all those difficult situations. There were bad things happening, but there was divine, miraculous provision. You weren't alone. God was moving on your behalf, keeping you safe. And this is what he said. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols and that your ancestors Worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in the land which you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And if you keep reading, the people responded to him and said, no, we're gonna serve God. Here's what happened. They were considering walking away from God and they needed someone to remind them of his goodness and point out the ways that he had moved because they got so caught up and all the bad things that happened they forgot all the miracles and all the ways that God carried them through and parted the Red Sea and did all these crazy miraculous things Joshua had to step in and say hey We have to change our perspective. I know we've been through some difficult things, but God sustained us. Look, we're here today. We were delivered out of slavery. We had food in the desert. We had water in the desert. Like God moved. And when they were reminded of all God had done for them, they were wholeheartedly like, yes, we will serve you, God. So I want to say, God did not cause the painful things you went through. And if you're struggling with some of these questions, you need to remember all God has done for you. And sometimes when you're in those difficult situations, it's a little bit harder to see it, right? Because your emotions are really loud. Maybe your family situation's really crazy. The stuff going on around you is really chaotic. But trust me, when you look back, you will see that God had his hand on you the whole time. You'll look back and see like that situation should have made me go crazy, but it really didn't. Like, wow, that situation was really hard, but I just kind of, I don't know, I came through it and like, I'm okay today. Or like, you know, that situation really should have affected me a lot more than it, than it did. Like, I'm surprised that it, that was as easy for me as it was because God is moving. So God did not cause the painful things that you went through. And it's all about our perspective. Your mind and your emotions will try to make a really big deal about hard things in your life. And I'm not saying that they're not a big deal because they are. But there are times when we just really have to shake ourselves and remind ourselves of the things that are true and not let our emotions get out of control. And that might mean just blasting worship music with tears rolling down your face and not even being able to sing. I'm speaking from experience here. Like, if I can't even get those words out of my mouth, I'm still going to fill my ears and my heart with them because that's what I need to hear. I don't need to hear my own mind and emotions telling me how bad I've had it right? And I'm not criticizing you for feeling that way. We all feel that way. And in those times, I think it's great to talk to a good friend. It's okay to vent to somebody and be like, this feels really hard. This is really difficult. I'm having a hard time. But find a good friend who's going to speak back these truths to you and say, I know that, but listen, there's hope there's help, you're not alone, God is moving in your life, I'm going to pray for you, I've got your back, you're going to be okay. Like, go to the people who are going to help you, but there are times when you're just going to have to stir your own self up to say, God, like, (laughs) I don't know what's going on, things feel super crazy, but I know you're good and I'm coming to you for help right now because God did not cause the painful things you went through. The second truth I want to encourage you with tonight is that God has compassion toward you for what you went through. He is compassionate towards you for what you went through. And this is in Lamentations 3.22. I love this verse. It says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. And this is a truth that is so important. God is a compassionate, loving father. And I can only imagine how much it hurts him when people just say things that are contrary to that. You know, so many people in in the midst of their emotion and difficult situations are saying, like, God, where are you? Why aren't you doing anything? You weren't there. Like, you walked out on me. You left me high and dry. God is a compassionate God. That's not his heart at all. That's not his character at all. And if you need someone to say to you tonight that they're sorry for the things that happened to you that were difficult and painful and hurtful, I'm saying that. But even more than that, God is saying that to you. His compassions fail not. He is so compassionate towards what you have gone through it hurts his heart when you're hurting too. He's not an absent God and he is a great father who's compassionate towards us. And sometimes I think it's difficult to talk about God being a father just because that means something different to every single person in this room. Some of you have great fathers, some of you don't, some of you have strained relationships with your fathers. You know, all of us have something different that comes in our mind when we think of a father because everybody's situation is different every everybody's you know family dynamic is different there's just so much that goes into that but you have to remind yourself no matter what kind of father you've had on this earth god is just a perfect loving father he's a perfect loving father he's there for you by his mercies we are not consumed and his compassions fail not and here's something i think that's important to remember God understands the human experience because he was a human. God was a person, right? He walked on this planet just like me and you. He experienced uh, what it's like to be human just like me and you. He experienced the difficulty. It says he was tempted in every way as we were. Um, He experienced really hard things. The Bible tells us before Jesus went to the cross, he was in the garden and he was telling God, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like I can do this. Jesus said that, and he was God. So that's a demonstration of his human emotions. He was a perfect person, but even still, when it came down to doing something really hard, he was feeling that pain and saying, God, I don't want to do this. If there's any other way we can do this, Like tell me now. But in the end, he said, not my will, but yours be done. And if you think about it this way too, God experienced great loss. Not only did he lose humanity when Adam sinned, but he lost his son. He watched his son be murdered innocently. Think about that. If you've lost somebody, if you've been through something that difficult, God has too. He knows what you're experiencing. He knows what you feel. Jesus knows what you feel because he was human. And so his compassion is so genuine. He's not a God that's far away or that can't relate to you. He made you. He knows every part of you, but he has walked through some of the most difficult things that a human can walk through as well. So remember that tonight, God has compassion toward you for what you went through. The third truth I want to encourage you with is that God protected you through what you went through. And I know that because you're sitting here tonight. And you can know that about me because I'm standing here tonight. God protected you through what you went through. And we see this in a couple of different stories in the Bible that I love. We're not going to read them tonight because I didn't want to take a ton of time. But you can just write down in Daniel chapter 3, we see that their Hebrew children were thrown into the furnace. There were the three Hebrew boys and the king had sent out a decree that they had to worship a golden statue. They were like, we're not going to do that. So he sentenced them to death by fire. They were going to be thrown in the furnace. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, if we were looking for God to move in that situation, wouldn't we be praying that they wouldn't be thrown in the furnace? That would be my prayer. If it was my friends or if it was me, like I would be praying, God, like protect us from this, deliver us from this, move, pull us out of this, you know, change the situation, keep us from being thrown in there. But that's not what happened at all. And I can only imagine that in those moments, when they were being thrown into the furnace, they probably thought God wasn't coming through. I don't know. I'm not them, so I can't put words in their mouth, but I feel like I might feel that way. Like, okay, I prayed for this to change. I prayed for this to turn around, but here I am being thrown into the fire anyway. Where's God? But we see that God was in the fire. So even though they were cast in, they came out and they were a marvel to everybody else. It said they didn't smell like they had been in the fire. Their clothes weren't burned. They were preserved and kept even in the fire. God protected them during what they went through. They still went through it, but God kept them so that they came out and they were okay. They were okay. And I want to say to you tonight, if you're sitting here, you came out and you're going to be okay you might still feel some residual pain you might think there's still hurt you may still be working through things or struggling with things that's okay God protected you you came out and you're going to be okay and similarly we see in Daniel uh, chapter 6 Daniel was thrown in the lion's den same situation. If I was Daniel, I would have been praying to not be thrown in the lion's den. If Daniel was my friend, I would have been praying, God, deliver him, keep him safe, change the king's mind, whatever. That wasn't what happened. He still got thrown in the lion's den, but the lions didn't eat him and he came out. God kept him. And I also think it's remarkable that when we read these stories, you know, the focus is on God's protection. Like God saved them from the furnace. He saved Daniel from the lions. But a lot of times when we hear people talking about difficult things, that's not what they're saying. It's more like, oh, like I went through something. It was so hard. It was so difficult. It was so traumatic and it was so terrible. And I don't doubt that any of those things are true. They're probably all true for your situation and for mine. But that's the entirely wrong perspective. If I stay there and talking about how horrible that thing was that I went through, I'm never going to be able to fully heal from it. And in addition, I'm going to miss the fact that God kept me and I'm still here today and I'm flourishing and I have peace and I have joy and I have all the help I need because God carried me through that and kept that. So I don't need to stand here and tell you about how hard some situations in my life have been. I can stand here and say, it was hard but God kept me and he brought me out of the fire and he brought me out of the lion's den and it was kind of scary and like I remember how it felt but I'm okay and I'm here today that's what they did in those stories they could have lived their whole lives being like oh my gosh like I'm so traumatized because one time I got thrown in this pit with these lions it was terrifying right I've thought of this before I would still even be freaking out even if they weren't eating me I would maybe almost prefer to be eaten. Like I'm terrified of large cats. I'm terrified of small cats. Um, I'm kind of just scared of cats. So I've literally thought of this. If I was in like a dark dungeon, it would almost be worse if the lions were just like laying around, not doing anything. Like, I don't know why I feel that way, but that just terrifies me. Like every time there's those stories where like a tiger escaped at a zoo or whatever, I'm just like, that's my worst nightmare. You know, those stories too where people are running and like a mountain lion chases them. I can barely watch that stuff. I sweat because I am so scared. So anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I would have been traumatized even if the lions didn't eat me. And I could have talked about that forever. Like, it was so scary. There were lions everywhere. Because that's one of my just biggest fears is big cats. I I look at them at the zoo, but I'm low-key really scared of them. Like, they're just terrifying. Their faces, they're so large. Like, I just am so scared of them. So My point is, those situations could have still been traumatic. Like, it's traumatizing to come close to losing your life. And in these situations, they all did. But that wasn't their story at the end. Their story was, no, God kept me and he delivered me out of the hands of the lion. and He delivered me out of the fire. And that was their testimony. So God protected you through what you went through. The fourth truth I want to tell you tonight is that God is healing you from what you went through. God is healing you from what you went through. And I love this verse in uh, Psalm 147. It's actually verses two and three. It says this, the Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing back the exiles to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. And I actually love the first part of that because it says the Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem. That's his city. And so many times after you've been through something really difficult, that's what it feels like. Like, yeah, you need healing, but it just feels like you need to be rebuilt. Like my life got taken down to the ground. I need to rebuild. I felt like this just in the last couple of years. I need to be rebuilt. This is more than just like healing. This feels like starting over completely. Feels in a way like I lost everything and I'm rebuilding. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but there are difficult things in our life. I'm sure all of you can relate to that to some level. It's like, this is destroyed. My family was destroyed. This relationship was destroyed. I personally, you know, my mind, my peace, whatever was destroyed. But it says the Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem, and he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And by saying this, I'm not trying to minimize your pain or your hurt or your devastation, because those are real for us all. But I'm saying there's an opportunity to be healed and be rebuilt. You don't have to live in the devastation of whatever happened in your life. You just don't. But it is a choice. We all know people who are living in the devastation of something that happened a long time ago. And I feel sympathy for those people. I'm not looking down on them. I know that there are things that happen that are just almost impossible to recover from in the natural, you know, from a human standpoint. But you have the choice to be rebuilt and to be healed. And it's so easy sometimes to feel stuck in your pain because recovery can be a slow process. If I get a paper cut, it's going to be healed up in a couple of days. But if I break my arm It may take months, right? Or some people who have major surgeries, it could take years for them to be recovered. Like they may have a hospital stay. They may need to go to rehab. They may need to go to physical therapy. Healing can be a process. And the bigger the situation was, the greater healing needs to take place. So my point is it may not happen overnight, but it's available and it's possible. And let me tell you, it's easier than you think. It's easier than you think. And I know when the emotions and the hurt are really big and really loud, it seems like it's so hard to move past that. And I've been there. But literally the moment that I chose to turn to God for help I instantly began to recover. It was amazing. There were things I thought would take me a long time to get over that really they didn't. And it was because I opened myself up to God to allow him to rebuild me and to heal me. But that takes me choosing, choosing to do that. I can choose to stay in my emotions. I can choose to stay in the hurt or I can choose to go to God and receive healing. It's completely available and it's easier than you think. It just takes you turning to him there's healing available. You can be completely rebuilt, but you've got to turn to God. And listen, I've been guilty. I'm. This is part of why I deleted social media a couple months ago. I'm still guilty of this. If I'm not feeling good mentally or emotionally, I pick up something to try and deal with it. Yeah. Netflix, social media was what it was for me. Like, it's easy to distract yourself and you'll quit crying if you sit there and scroll long enough. So sad girl summer, whatever. But you know, like it's it's funny, but like it's not right. Oh some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to alcohol. Some people have enough wisdom to not do that. But we all turn to something, and it's easier for us to turn to those things sometimes than to turn to God, because right. they're incredibly mindless. I really don't have to think about picking up my phone and scrolling. Yeah. It's mindless. I can just do it till my brain like zones out and okay, now I'm not upset anymore, right? And three hours go by and there I am. Or I can just binge watch a show and there we go, a whole season's over. Okay, I'm going to go to bed now. Maybe tomorrow will be better. Those things don't take effort. The thing about choosing God is it does take a little effort, right? I have to pray or I have to pick up my Bible and choose to read it or I have to turn on worship music and put my phone down and just close my eyes and focus on that. So it takes a little effort. It's not as easy as turning to social media or whatever you turn to, but it's where your healing is and it's where your opportunity to be rebuilt is. So it is so worth it. And even when I took like tiny steps toward God, you know, it's funny, but it wasn't funny in the moment. Like I said, sometimes it was literally just turning on worship music loud enough that it would fill my house. And I felt like I didn't even have the energy to like sing the words, but just letting that set the atmosphere for me. That was all that I could do in that moment, but you know what? It worked. It opened my heart so that God can move. It put my eyes on him and reminded me that help is available and healing is available, and God doesn't leave us where he found us. There's so many scriptures about him, like, reaching into a pit and pulling us out, which is an amazing illustration, because that is exactly what I feel like God did for me, was when I was in something I couldn't climb out of, when I opened my heart to him, he was able to reach in and just pull me out. It was that simple. He got me out of a situation I could have never got out of myself and got me out of a mental and emotional state I could never have got off by myself. I just had to turn to him. So I want to say to you tonight, God is healing you from what you went through if you're allowing him to. He really is. Don't ever doubt. There's a verse that says, don't ever doubt God's mighty power that's available to work in you. It works every single time and it'll work faster than you think if you'll just choose him. If you'll just choose him, you won't be disappointed. And another thing that I love is that God is, he's not only going to move you forward into healing, but once that's happened, he'll use you to help bring others into healing. And there is nothing just like as moving as me being able to take some of the things that were really difficult for me and turn around and like offer help to someone else that makes it a little easier for them. God is so amazing that he doesn't let anything go to waste. He didn't cause that bad thing in your life, but that situation and everything you went through, it wasn't wasted and it wasn't worthless because not only is he going to give you answers and pull you forward into healing, he'll use that to allow you to pull others into healing too, and you can start reaching in the pit and helping people get out. It's amazing, and that's why being part of a church family is so great. Like when you sit down and talk to People, sometimes you don't realize what they've been through. Because they've been in our church for 20 years now, and we see them sitting on the front row or whatever. But when you sit down and hear their stories, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, wow, I had no idea. And they're able to offer help to you. And so we need our church family. And there's people who need you, they need your story. There are things that have happened to you that will never happen to me, and vice versa. There are people that I can help that you wouldn't be able to, but there are people you can help that I wouldn't be able to. Like we all have a part and God is not going to waste your story. Nothing is worthless. All that pain wasn't for nothing. You know, sometimes people, I felt this way, like, oh, I'm so mad. I just like wasted all that time in that stupid situation. And maybe there's a little truth to that, but at the end of the day, it's not wasted if I could turn around and help you with it, you know? So nothing is wasted and God will not only move you forward into healing, but he'll use you to bring others into healing too. And the fifth truth I want to share with you tonight is that in God, we have hope for the future, no matter what's happened in our past. In God, we have hope for the future, no matter what's happened in our past. And too many people live life acting as if their past is a picture of their future, and it's not. And I'm talking about your past 10 years ago, and I'm talking about your past yesterday. Whatever past you think you have, it's not a picture of your future. God gives us hope for our future no matter what's happened in our past. And I mean this in two ways, no matter what's happened to you and no matter what you've done. Because I've experienced both, right? There are things that happened to me that were really hard that weren't my fault. And there were just bad choices I made (laughs) that brought a lot of disaster into my life too. Things that I did. So there's hope for you no matter what happened. Whether it happened to you or whether you were the one doing it, right? We all have dirty laundry that we're glad is not up on the screen tonight. Myself included. And I'm so glad that my past is not a picture of my future, It's just not. In limitations 321 through 27, I'm going to read you a long long passage here, but I want you to hang in there with me because I love this so much. And this is one of the things that I'm really stirred up about for this year because I know we've all just been through a lot of discouragement the last couple of years. It says this, and Lamentations, okay, it was written by a prophet and he's lamenting. So he's really upset in this book. So this book is a long journal of a lot of really sad, difficult things, okay? But this is what he says. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. So that's what I said. I don't care if your past was a couple years ago or if it was yesterday. It's fine. His mercies are new every morning. So I say to myself, The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him and to those who search for him. So it's good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. And it's good for people. Able to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline and i love this whole passage because the prophet is saying even in the midst of all these difficult things i have hope yeah. i know god is good and i have hope the bible also talks in another passage about hope being an anchor for our soul how do we survive things that are really difficult We're anchored, right? When a ship is anchored, it doesn't move. Even when storms come, even when waves come, even when there are things trying to move the ship, the anchor holds it steady so that it doesn't move from the place it needs to be. And that is what hope has done in my life. Even through difficult things, it's held me in the place that I need to be. And it's held me in peace. There have been times, this is recent, where I've literally been like, I know that it's weird that I have peace right now, but I do. Like, and I know that I wouldn't have had peace three or five years ago or two years ago. God has helped me so much and taught me how to walk in peace. That hope just anchors me to stay in peace. I told you guys that at the beginning of last year, I was working on staying in peace. And I've, I'm so grateful God has helped me get to the place Where I'm not gonna say I'm never rattled, but like I don't get rattled the way that I used to. I'm anchored and I'm steady. And it doesn't mean that things aren't difficult, but it means that I know there's hope and I know how to be anchored in peace because just like the prophet said, I dare to hope when I remember that the love of God never ends and his mercies never stop and his faithfulness never stops. So I will stay in hope. I want to say to you, there's hope for your future no matter what happened in your past. There is absolutely nothing that can destroy your future except you. Nothing. There's nothing that can stop the plan of God in your life except you. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So it means that they're permanent. You're called to do what you're called to do forever. And I know sometimes we talk about that in like making bad choices or whatever. You can always get back on track and you can. But I'm even just talking about going through really difficult things. When you're like, I thought this person was always going to be there. Now they're not. So does that change my future? It doesn't change the fact that your future is good and you can have hope. You know, I thought my family was going to be this way, but now it's not. So what is my future going to be like? Your future is going to be full of hope. There is hope absolutely no matter what. And I want to say to you, there's hope no matter what you've done. I promise you that any single person in this room, you could tell me the worst thing you've done, and I wouldn't be shocked. Not because I think bad things about you, but just because after a while, you just learn that, you know, people just make mistakes and really difficult things happen and people walk through difficult things and you learn to have compassion, you know, for people. Maybe when I was 15, I would have thought like, oh, that person did something really bad. And now, now you could tell me you killed a man and I would probably be like, well, what happened? Like, some, I know that that just didn't happen. You know, you learn to have compassion for people. People make bad choices when they're hurting. It's not because they're bad. It's not because they probably even want to do bad things. I don't really believe that most people do. I definitely don't believe that of you guys. We make mistakes when we're hurting. We reach for the wrong things to try and help us. And every single one of us in this room has done it. It might look different for every person. And we're all prone to reaching for different things. My struggles might not be your struggles. But we have all messed up. We've all done things that we just wish we hadn't, you know. But I want to say to you tonight, just forgive yourself for those things and move on. I don't care what you've done. I love you and I believe in you. I don't care. You could tell me something disgusting. You could tell me something horrible. It wouldn't shock me. It'd be all right. Just forgive yourself and move past it. We all make mistakes when we're hurting. We've all been there and reached for the wrong things. We've all even reacted, you know, to people just react different ways to hurt and people get in over their heads with stuff sometimes. And I'm not saying go out and make a bunch of bad decisions <laughs> tomorrow. But you know, I had that on my heart. Some of you, some of you just think you've really messed up, but you just haven't. <laughs> like you think you're the first person who's messed up? No, you haven't. The Bible is full of people who did really horrible things. I think David was like the worst. Sometimes I'm not kidding. This is not shading David, but I am shocked at how God was able to use him. Truly. And I am impressed with his ability to move forward because if I did some of the things David did. I would shut my own life down, and I'm not saying commit suicide, but, like, I would exit the plan of God and probably not re-enter. You know what I'm saying? I would be so ashamed, so embarrassed. He did some really bad things, really gross things, and he really hurt a lot of people. He did some major, major things, but even still he forgave himself, and he moved forward in God's plan, and we see that when he messed up, he went to the temple of God and worshiped he immediately went to God. He didn't hide from God. He didn't run from God. He took himself and all his baggage and bad decisions to God and said, help me Lord. (laughs) And he's the one who said things like God delivered me out of a pit. There were a lot of pits. David did a lot of crazy things. And the Bible is full of people who did a lot of crazy things. It doesn't matter. Your past doesn't matter. There's hope for your future. Whatever you did, forgive yourself and move on. And if you need help moving on, that's totally fine. Talk to me, talk to your life group leader, talk to a trusted adult, whatever, find somebody that can hold you accountable. Because just like Anzi said the other Sunday, confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed. And he said this, and I have found it to be true in my own life, that when you confess your sin to someone, you're terrified that they're going to think you're horrible. But instead they just nod and say, yeah, me too. (laughs) I've done that too. I've been there too. It's okay. Like, let's move forward. Let's get, you know, healing completely in your life. So Whatever you've done, I don't care. Forgive yourself, move forward. And if you need help doing that, talk to me because I got you. So that was point number five. And God, we have hope for our future no matter what's happened in our past. And as we close tonight, I just want to read you a couple of passages that I want to push you into this new year. Because um, at Dr. Jacob's conference, we heard about being like accelerated and moving forward. And don't we all need that right now? Like I personally, I feel that so strongly. Like I just want to move forward. Leave the last couple years behind. I hated them. Let's move forward. Did anyone think 2021 was way worse than 2020 as well? <laughs> yeah, hated that year. 2020, it was weird, but like it's not that bad for me anyway. 2021 disaster. Hated it start to finish. So I am ready to move forward. I was one of those people was ready for this new year like let's get the old one wrapped up. I'm not trying to remember it. So as we move forward because I want you guys to move forward with me. I'm saying to you tonight you're going to make it. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. And here's something that Paul said and I love this. In 2 Corinthians 4, I didn't give this to the PowerPoint team because I'm going to read to you guys a really long passage and I just want you to listen. But The thing about Paul was, he had a crazy past too. When he was Saul, he killed Christians, so he was a murderer. That's what he was known for. He got saved and then started preaching the gospel, so it's kind of a crazy story. He also had to let go of his past. But even more than that, he was in God's will, he was obeying God, he was preaching, he was bringing people to Jesus, blah, blah, blah. But he was also constantly being attacked. Beaten, thrown in jail, literally hunted down. People were trying to kill him. He was in extremely difficult, high-pressure situations. Just because he was getting up and preaching an amazing message every Sunday, he was going home to really hard things. People were literally trying to kill him. So put yourself in his shoes, because no matter how difficult things are, I don't think anyone's trying to kill you, and if they are, talk to me, and we can talk to the police. But nobody's trying to kill me. I know that much. So no matter how difficult something might feel for me, Paul had it a little more difficult. He had suffered great loss. He had close friends and disciples that were killed, that were stoned. It was a very real possibility that he would be killed. He was watching people he loved be killed all the time. But he says this, 2 Corinthians 4, and I'm going to read kind of just different sections from verses 1 to 16 if you want to look at them again when you get home. But I want you to listen closely. Paul says this, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. He says this in verse 8, We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. This comes back to that concept of sometimes we're just praying. I heard Pastor Nancy talk about this. She said, Don't pray for the pressure to be stopped but pray for strength and feed your faith so that you grow to the place the pressure doesn't bother you anymore. And that's kind of what Paul is saying. There is a lot of pressure, but I'm not crushed. I'm hunted down, but I'm never abandoned by God. I get knocked down, but I am not destroyed. He's Pointing out, like, okay, hard things have happened, but here's where God was walking me through. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And I'll pause for a second and say that, you know, sometimes at church we don't like to talk a lot about suffering. And I'm not telling you to believe for suffering. And I'm not telling you your whole life is going to be full of suffering. I'm not saying all that stuff. God promises us a lot of good things. But the Apostle Paul is saying, like, hey, I've been suffering. The authentic real Christian life doesn't automatically mean that you're exempt from things that are difficult or even through suffering, but it means that God is in it with you and you're coming out the other side still standing. He says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in us. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, But this has resulted in eternal life for you. These are really intense things he's saying, right? But we continue to preach... Because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. And we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. And all of this is for your benefit. As God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more glory. He's talking about just pushing forward. In verse 16, he says this, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now but rather we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. And I know that was a long passage, but that's what I want to leave you with tonight is that at the end of the day, every single one of us is going to spend eternity in heaven. So no matter what you're facing now, it's just temporary. My life is so temporary that I've just decided I'm not going to get caught up and bogged down by all the hard, painful, hurtful things. They have happened. There are probably more that will going to happen, but it doesn't matter because that's not my purpose here. It's not comfort and it's not to live an easy life. It's to do what God has called me to do, to bring freedom to as much people as I can. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how hard my life is because one day I'm going to heaven and it's going to be fine for all eternity. And sometimes when our situations are so big, we lose sight of that. And it's easy to lose sight of that when you're young too. Like I didn't think that way when I was 12, right? And I'm not, I'm not old now. I like to think I'm still like youngish. I feel feel good about it, but at the same time, I've lived enough life just to be like, wow, 30 years have gone by and basically nothing matters except doing what God has called me to do. I don't care really what happens. There's a lot of people I love in my life and of course I care about them but I'm not going to get caught up and so discouraged by things that seem hard because it just doesn't matter. I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus one day. It's going to be perfect and fine. That's going to last forever. So here I'm just going to focus on doing what I called to do. Paul said, I don't lose hope and I'm not going to quit preaching the gospel. And that's a mandate to every single one of us. Don't lose hope. Don't quit telling people about Jesus. That's what we're here for. Yes. Difficult things will happen. They have happened, but we have answers in those things. We have hope in those things. And more than that, it just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of our short, short life. You have a beautiful future here on this earth, but an even better future in eternity. And that's what we're living for, to make sure as many people as we can have that same eternal future that we do, because that's what matters. Our lives are so short and so small in the grand scheme of how we'll be living in eternity. So I encourage you to read that passage at home because you can take just so many things from it that are so encouraging, but that is why we never give up. So I just wanna say to you guys tonight, I love you. I believe in you. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Your future is going to be great. And if you're struggling with that or this message has maybe just affected you or you've related to some of it, I do want to encourage you to talk to somebody because it matters that you have somebody praying for you. And like I said, you can tell me whatever you want. I think you could tell any leader at the quarry because we have amazing leaders. You could tell anybody anything you want. They're not going to be scared by what you've done. They're not going to be scared by your deepest, darkest thoughts. They're just not because those things are human and we all had them, but they can encourage you that in those times when things seem really heavy, they can bring you back to these truths and help you move forward. So I love you guys so much tonight. Did you enjoy this coffee house meetup? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) I'm going to pray for you and we can be dismissed. Father we're so grateful to have hope tonight, Father. We thank you that you're good in every situation. There's hope for us in every situation, and right now, I just speak healing to every person that's in this room. I speak encouragement over them, Father. I'm here to remind them that their futures are good. I believe in them. You believe in them, and we thank you that together, we just say in our hearts tonight, we're not giving up, Father. We know we're going to make it. We know we're going to be okay. We're moving forward. We're being accelerated, and it doesn't matter how crazy things get around us, Father, we know that you're always doing something good. You're always moving in our lives. And we know also that you are bringing a revival in this earth. And so we are grateful that we get to see it and be a part of it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.